Let this define you. Life's challenges can derail you from your destiny and purpose. We're here to remind you that getting knocked down, no matter how hard, can be the starting point of the best days of your life. Do you believe that your failures can define you in the best way possible? Listen in on Patrick McMullen's conversations with inspiring people who have proven it can. In this episode, we talk with Jen Kortz, a seasoned professional with nearly two decades of experience in digital operations, revenue management, and cybersecurity, having worked with companies like Security Scorecard and GitLab. She's a double major graduate from the University of Washington and a four-time NCAA D1 rowing champion. Besides her impressive career, Jen serves on nonprofit boards and captains the U.S. women's fly fishing team. Get ready for an inspiring conversation filled with insights and personal triumphs. So let's talk about one of your other passions, though, and it's that still we've talked a little bit about fly fishing, but the U.S. women's fly fishing team, most, I, I'm going to guess most people from our audience never even knew that one existed. Talk a little bit about it. And you're the captain of the team. It's not like you uh, just participate. You're the leader. You're an actually an advocate that's globally known. And your leadership skills, I mean, when you look at this, uh, have to apply to things you do in real life as well. So talk about your leadership. Talk about your advocacy for the sport, women as a whole in the sport. Fire away. Yeah, so women in fly fishing is actually one of the largest growing segments just in regular fly fishing in general. Uh, We've grown about 50% year over year for the last eight or nine years since I've actually been tracking that stat. And there's big organizations like Patagonia and Orvis and Sims, and they have whole initiatives like 50-50 on the water to get more women and girls involved with fly fishing. And I love it because as a kid, I mean, my grandmother is the one who taught me to fly fish, but even then she was sort of an abnormality. She was one of two daughters. My great-grandfather wanted a son, but my grandmother was super outdoorsy. So she learned how to work on cars and fly fish and hunt and go hiking. And so sort of that passion is what she shared with me and just not being afraid to be the only girl on the water. Um, And even like in the digital tech space, I've been the only woman in the room a I lot love of times. That, <laughs> it's, be, it's been there, fun. There, there's another T-shirt that's a "Be the only woman in the room." I, I, I when it comes to, I, I and, but have you found that being that uh, confident has carried over to help you in your business life? It has, and I think uh, playing sports as a kid helped a lot, just because sports kind of gives you that confidence to do almost anything, and like on the. A soccer pitch or in the pool or whatever, like, you know, you have those skills there. Nobody can deny that you know what you're doing. Um, and so taking that and translating it into the work world and the professional space is something that I've worked really hard to do uh, for a really long time. Early in my career, I suffered from imposter syndrome. Like, I really don't belong to be here. Like, yes, I have my degrees. Yes, I have experience. But the other people in the room may be more experienced than me, or they're looking at me because I am the only woman in this room. Does she really belong here? Or is she the the token person because we need a woman in this room? Um, But just knowing what I, like knowing the skills that I bring to the table has really helped uh, get over that imposter syndrome. And I still suffer from it in some situations, but just going back to, I know my stuff. I know I know computers, I know technology, I've done really cool things in my past, and I've helped people with their solutions, with their problems, and so relying on that that past history of success 
um, and willing to fail and ask those questions of, did we get it right? Did we miss the mark? Um, has really helped as well that I'm not afraid to fail. And like we talked about earlier, failing faster is if I get that feedback and ask those questions early and often, I'm able to self-correct and get us back on target and get us to where we actually need to be going. Um, but then with fly fishing, so circling back to your actual question, uh, the adult team has existed for the last 20 years or so, but we actually are wanting to be recognized as an Olympic sport. And so as part of the Olympics, you actually have to have a designated men's and women's team. And so about three years ago, we broke off from the men's team. So there's, there's still, we call it still the adult team, but it's organization of men that go every year to fish. So there's the men's team, there's the women's team, there's a master's team, which is 55 plus, and then we have a youth team. And on the youth team, it's actually really cool this year, there are two girls that join the team. So awesome. very excited for that as well. Uh, but because we wanted to separate and be part of the, uh, the Olympics, we organized and we had tryouts and we hosted clinics in four different places in the United States and women came out to it. We had about 30 different people uh, in total come to all the clinics. And then we held our first nationals in Colorado two years ago, which then chose the national team. And competitive fly fishing, just quick explanation expand, of how it works. Cool. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's cool. I have to interject just for a second. Because yeah. at first, I, I'm thinking back to my time on the river with you. And I, it's, people joke about, say, you know, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. It kind of is. But yeah. instead, you're – so go through that. Talk about it. It's fascinating. Yeah. So competitive fly fishing, uh, you can think of it kind of like gymnastics. Uh, and I know your daughters were yep, gymnasts. And so you totally get that, that analogy. So there's all the different stations. There's bars. There's the mat. There's, there's uh, the, the vault. Like, so you, you have those disciplines, but then you can also medal as a team. With fly fishing, you have the different venues. And so you're assigned a venue to go fish and you rotate through all the venues throughout a competition. And so not only can you medal as an individual, but then you can also medal as a team. So how your team performs. And so with the US team, we actually approach it with something called a team medal mentality. So we're not actually worried about our individual performance. We're all wanting to contribute to make that, that team medal to get on the podium as a team. And because if you medal as a team, chances are at least one or two of you are also gonna either do really, really well individually or you're gonna medal it individually as well. But it's that, it's that sharing of information, it's that collaboration that we really try and foster from the team aspect of it. But Competitively, you're assigned a venue, you're then given 90 minutes to fish, you're assigned water, and you're needing to pull out the most and the biggest fish. And so wherever you're fishing, for example, Worlds is in Canada next year, you're only allowed to use one fly at a time. And so you have to figure out what are they eating, where are they eating, depth, all of that quickly, because then you need to f fish and get those fish out of that water quickly. And you net them, and then you take them back to a person called your controller who's watching you fish. They measure them, they record them, and then you go back to fishing. And so it's time management, it's understanding the water, it's problem solving very quickly, being efficient with your knots and your equipment. And so it's, it's a lot of fun, and it, it just kind of puts you in a pressure cooker almost of, okay. And, it, and if you lose a fish, or you break your knot, or your line gets all tangled, you can't freak out. I mean, you can freak out for a second, but you got to get your head right back in there 
Otherwise, you just blew your entire session, and there's no makeups. So. Well, just as everybody knows, when they're doing this, this isn't where you go out and you know bring a, a six pack of beer and drink with. Yeah. This is hardcore, and having been there with you and, and your expertise, it, it's precision, and it seems that that's applied to your life as well. You you execute, and that's what you do. You set the plan and make it happen. Yeah, you, uh, I mean, professionally and, and personally, like fly fishing and then with technology, you have to plan and you think ahead and like you have to have plan A, plan B, plan C and and iterate. If something's not working, change it. Ask the question like, okay, what is happening? What has changed? Like if the fish were biting five minutes ago and now they're not, did the weather change? Did the clouds roll in? Are there bugs now flying? Like what changed? What am I needing to pay attention to? And so it's really being physically present at all times and constantly kind of checking in with yourself to make sure that what you're doing still makes sense. I mean, I think it was Einstein who said, if you do the same thing a thousand times expecting a different result, it's insanity. And so it's one of those things that you got to constantly check in with. I mean, it's a lesson ultimately you teach. I mean, is, is any, our, any of our audience, anybody in the audience, you're watching this to know that that lesson you may think oh fish yeah throw no it's a it's so much more to it than just throwing a fly out there casting and everything else it's reading all the different pieces and it's it's fascinating and it's a great lesson to teach our audience about how to live your life just mm -hmm. be very observant be present be in the be in the now mm -hmm. so. yeah and and look up from your device. Like if you are one of those people that kind of wanders around with your nose in your device all the time, yeah. look up, have conversations with people, like compliment somebody's shoes. You have no idea what other people are dealing with. And so if you just kind of get out of your own world, like there's so many other people and opportunities out there, you could have a random conversation about anything. And it could be shoes, it could be life, it could be you're at an event and you're actually like, physically there instead of trying to record it and share it with the world. It's, it's something that uh, I think more people should actually do. Did you enjoy this conversation? To hear more, subscribe to our channel and keep an eye out for the continuation of Patrick's chat with Jen Cords. Thank you for joining us. And remember to let this define you.